It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host and, well... It's an exciting day because it's Sunday. I mean, it's a day that we worship the Lord. We go to church, and uh, that's a blessing to me. And I hope that you are planning to go to the house of the Lord today. But for the next hour, we're going to talk about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. The church, we're going to talk about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ And whenever we come together to do this, that's always our theme, that this is the church that Jesus established. Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's a mighty, mighty strong statement. So as the family of God, we can take a lot of confidence from that. And even when we are in times of difficulty, well, the Word of God says there's got to be trouble in this world. That's just something to be expected. And uh, sometimes trouble has a way of repeating itself. And that's what we're going to focus on today. I've lived a few years, lived through some tough times, and watch God work. And uh, that's what I want to share with you today. We have a few rules of the show. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another. This is show number 1072 today, which reminds me to tell you that uh, you can call me if you want to. Now, you won't be live on the air, but we can we can discuss some things and kind of Chat if you want to, area code 850-567-1703. That's the cell phone number. And perhaps today something that I'm going to be sharing with this radio audience may just uh, trigger something in your mind and you want to make a comment about it. That's how you do it. Just tell me all about it and perhaps maybe we'll bring your thoughts back to the radio audience later on in another broadcast. So that's kind of the way it rolls here. Now, frcm.us, that's the website to the church that I pastor. I'm the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry, located at 720 Capital Circle Northeast in the Crescent Park Plaza. 11.05 is our start time. We love visitors. We'd love to have you and your family come and worship with us today at Freedom Road. You'll find us to be a friendly family of believers. We love the Lord. We love to sing. We love to worship the Lord. And we love one another. And we love people. And we love you. <laughs> and uh, we'd make you feel welcome. And uh, we have ministry for children. Come to worship with us, 1105 FRCM.US 720 Capital Circle Northeast 
in the Crescent Park Plaza. So if you're heading on Capitol Circle, going toward Park Avenue, look for us on the right-hand side of the road. You'll see our signs out there on Sunday morning, and we'd love to see you at Freedom Road. Just so you know that these shows are podcasts, you can find it on the podcast 1072. You can go there. There are other shows you may want to listen to, some of the interviews we've done over the years, some folks that uh, you may be interested in listening to and uh, hearing their heart and passion, which also reminds me, if you are involved in ministry and uh, God has put a calling in your life or on your life and you just want to share it, well, this is your invitation. Give me a call. We'll set up an interview. We generally pre-record them in the evening sometimes around about 8 o'clock. You come into the studio, we'll, we'll do the interview, and we'll have it ready to air the following Sunday more than likely. And so this is my invitation to you to uh, give me a call. Area code 850-567-1703. Now, I mentioned something just a moment ago. And it has to do with uh, going through things, then having to go through it all again. It's kind of like uh, uh, my wife, she got the, the COVID virus, and then she got it again, even though uh, fully vaccinated. She got it twice, and then the second time uh, brought me along with her <laughs> on that one. And in between that, she had flu. So she had COVID, flu, COVID. Well, the thing is, is that I, being a person who was born in the 50s, lived through the 60s and the 70s, and and I've lived through inflationary times before. I know a little something about it, and I know how it flows, and so I'm here to give you hope to tell you that it isn't always permanent. (laughs) Things do change. And things can get better. But oftentimes they get a little worse before they get better. I found myself searching around to buy some hay. And in all the years that I have been born, in all the years that I've had animals, never experienced a shortage in hay. But I couldn't find any. And I got a donkey. And he don't like it when he doesn't get fed. And so I opened up a part of a little pasture I have down there where I used to have a horse in it. And I don't have the horse anymore, but there's not a whole lot of grass in there. And I turned him loose. And I said, well, you go down there and do what you can. He wasn't down there very long. And he was complaining. And so uh, I went to a place that uh, not here in Tallahassee. I had to go out of town to get it. And, uh, well, it was about $3 more per bale than what I normally paid, but I was happy to get it. Well, I wasn't happy to pay the price, but I was just fortunate that I found it because when you got an animal like that that needs to be fed, you got to feed him. And so this was a, an eye-opener for me. And so well, why is it that uh, it was so expensive? It's because nobody's got it because it all relates to the same things that we're, we're dealing with that's causing this uh, inflationary cycle. 
and you're saying, well, Pastor King, educate us here. Why is this happening? Well, it's very simple. It's the old law of supply and demand and the thing that, that fuels it, or might I say does not fuel it, is the energy situation. And when you cannot have the energy that you need to be able to move the products and to keep everybody moving, then you're going to get a standstill. And basically, that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a standstill because people can't move or create products because of the energy situation. And so that's just the reality of it. And you say, well, Pastor King, that's being overly simplified. No, not really. Because you just think about this. If you think about truckers who are paying almost double now for fuel than they were just a year ago. Well, what happens is because they're having to pay more money to purchase the fuel to get the products to you, and that has to be passed on to somebody else. Well, that somebody else, they're going to pass it on to someone else, and eventually it's going to be passed on to you and I when we go to the supermarket or we go to the whatever store we're going to to purchase whatever items that we want to purchase. And all of a sudden, you see that price tag, and you go, what? How did that's that's whoa? I can't believe what I'm seeing here. Well, then you're in the same situation that I was last Sunday. I can't find the goods that I'm looking for. I need to purchase some hay to feed my donkey and my little goats, and I can't find it. And so when I do find it, and it's $3 more per bale than it was before, well, I paid it. <laughs> and, uh, and that's what you do. But now all of a sudden, your paycheck just shrunk. And you say, well, I got paid the same amount, but you can't buy the same amount. You can't buy the same amount of goods that you were able to buy just a little while ago because your paycheck is the same, but the prices of the goods are now higher. Well, that begins to put the pinch. <laughs> and then people begin to find ways to reduce, to, to not have to buy as much. And you see what I'm saying? It slows the whole economy down, and everybody's feeling the crunch. Well, like I say, I've lived through this before. <laughs> I've seen how it happens, and I know how people behave, and I've learned things that, well, there's no sense in doing that because it's not going to help you any. And one of them is, you can't go and borrow money to try to bail yourself out of this. It won't work because that just adds to the critical situation that you're already in. It just causes it to be worse. So we have to find better creative ways to be able to sustain life 
unless. And that's a lesson in itself. And we'll talk about some of these things as we go on in the broadcast. But as we do here on the uh, gospel on the radio talk show, we always like to play a little gospel music. And I, I think you'll enjoy this. Except for this. Catch a blessing. There's plenty of weeks that we can't afford steak. Did you hear what he said? There are so many who don't have a blessing to count. And something else that Bradley Walker said in the song was that he said, uh, uh, you look at your job and you go, well, it's it's it doesn't seem to be much of a job. But then he says, but there are others who would gladly take your job and have your job because they have no job. And that does, in my mind, that puts a lot of things in perspective because when, when uh, things begin to get tight, it's very easy to panic. And panic is an ugly thing. It really is. Because when, when, when people panic, then they, they make a run on things. And here in Florida, we know a lot about this. Because every time that the news tells us we got a hurricane coming our way, the next thing you know, everybody runs to the stores and they just buy up stuff and probably a lot of times they buy things they don't really need at that point, but they they panic. And then all of a sudden, the, the shelves are empty. People go to the gas stations and they just, they, they fill up all these cans and all this stuff and they get way more than they really need. And then later, there's not enough for everybody else. And so that's that's just the nature of, of, of the beast. That's the way human nature works. And so when you begin to see these inflationary spirals take place, it's very easy to panic. And my admonition is don't panic. Just think. Just think through the process of your lives and practical things that you can do to be able to cut expenses to where you don't have to uh, purchase as much, something that you could do that, that wouldn't necessarily cost as much money or save some money. Now, I, it's a very uh, common thing, a popular thing during times like this. If people say, well, let's, let's raise a garden. And uh, I, I, I'm not opposed to the idea, but have you ever raised a garden before? Do you have any idea of, of, of how to raise a garden? Do you, do you know how to uh, fertilize and, and all the things that, that needs to be done to be able to raise a garden? Well, you can learn. I mean, there are all kinds of how-to books. Go to YouTube. Uh, I know there for a long time over at FAMU, they had an area there where you could go in and you could do what they call raised gardens. Uh, a raised garden is basically this. They, uh, you'll have some uh, railroad ties, uh, make it a square, and then you fill that in with dirt, and you raise your garden there. And uh, uh, you can raise a lot of food in a very small area in these raised gardens. And over there at FAMU, they'll teach you how. <laughs> I think that's a, a good thing to know is how do you do this? See, here's the interesting thing 
Now about me, I grew up on a farm. And um, every summer, we would have gardens, and not just one garden. We'd have two or three. And then when my daddy would, would plow up the, the tobacco beds, and you have no idea what a tobacco bed is, but basically that's where we, we would grow the plants before we would set them out in the field. And so once the tobacco had been set out in the field and you'd have these areas that had been uh, tilled already, and daddy would just cut them all up and just stir the ground up, and then we'd put another garden in there. But that was, uh, oh my goodness, <laughs> uh, 50 years ago. And I really haven't been around gardens since then, other than to go home and see the garden. And I remember one time going over to my brother David's house. We were in the process of moving here to Tallahassee. And uh, <laughs> we had this old car that had broke down on the way there, and I managed to get it to my brother's house in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and then we switched cars to going up to the farm there in Cynthiana, and my brother David, he had this beautiful garden just full of all kinds of vegetables and stuff, and he was insisting that we take some of this back with us, and we said, David, when we get back to Pensacola, we're moving, but he loaded that car up, and so we, and then I had to reload it when we got down to Bowling Green, and then we got home there in Pensacola, loaded stuff up, loaded the U-Haul up, headed on the Tallahassee, left all that stuff in the trunk of the car. We came back about three months later, and these little little flies and stuff were, were buzzing around the, the trunk of the, <laughs> that car, all that stuff in there. But... The thing is, my brother, he owns a farm, and he, he, could, he could show you how to raise a garden. But I haven't been around it because we haven't, we haven't raised a garden. And so even myself, who has been uh, who's a farm boy, I'd have to get some instruction. I'd go back to my brother and say, okay, brother, show me how to do this. But then again, he would show me how to deal with uh, gardening with soil from Kentucky. But soil in uh, Tallahassee is different. So those are all things we'd have to learn, but you could, and you could raise some vegetables. So something else is learn how to can. When, of course, I'm, again, a farm boy. Growing up, my mother spent the whole summer canning the stuff. I mean, uh, those old mason jars, I remember putting them in the tub and, and uh, uh, full of water and I, I, all that process. I, I, I helped her do it, but I don't know how to do it, but I can learn. And, of course, my mother found that she stopped doing the, the canning thing, and we just got a big freezer, and she'd freeze all this stuff that she'd use. Uh, back in the day, they used to have the paper milk cartons, and then she'd, when the through the milk, she cleaned those things out, and then she'd fill those things full of vegetable soup. And then all during the winter, just pop those things out, and man, you got supper. <laughs> and you see, if uh, you're looking for a way to save a few bucks, make sure you've got food for your family. You raise a, you know, put the, put out a little raised garden, raise some corn and some some uh, vegetables and tomatoes and all these things. Do a little canning or a little freezing, get you through the winter. And see, instead of panicking, 
find practical solutions of how we can deal with things. But most of all, just keep our trust in the Lord, that God's going to sustain you and God will get you through it, and he'll give you wisdom. But something that I mentioned right before we went to the last song, and we'll, we'll get this done here in just a second. Uh, let's remember this whole thing about the, the interest rates on the credit cards. I just want to admonish you. Don't allow yourself to fall into that trap. And I'm going back to my experiences. This is back in the, in the 70s. Uh, the first house that I ever bought, this is in Pensacola, uh, that was a fairly decent uh, interest rate. And I was able to buy that house. I was very, very young, and I could afford it. But when we moved here to uh, Tallahassee in uh, 1979, if you, re- if those of us who were alive during that time, we know. I mean, 1979, that was a inflation was. I mean, it was big time, <laughs> and eleven and a half percent inflation, or not inflation, 11.5% interest on that second, which is the second house that I ever purchased here in Tallahassee, 11.5% interest. Now, you think about that now. I mean, we're looking at uh, interest rates that have been down. Uh, well, I'm, I don't want to quote this wrong, but, but 2%, I mean, it's amazing it's just hard to believe that the interest rates have gotten down that low. And now I'm hearing four, which seems uh, from like for that 11 and a half that I paid on our house here, the first house we bought here in Tallahassee, I mean, that 4% sounds pretty good to me. When, when we bought the property that we're living in now, we were paying 7% interest and making no traction at all, just absolutely making no traction. We we were we weren't getting anywhere paying that debt off. And then there was a program that the federal government came out with, which was a good program, and you could go through to through your lender. I think it was called a thrift, but I'm not sure. I forget the name of it. And you could refinance, and we refinanced our loan from seven percent. And I think it was down to 4% then. And all of a sudden, I'm making headway, paying principal. <laughs> but now, if you have to go from a 2% up to a 4%, that's a huge increase. But take the same thing with the credit cards. Because that's another thing that will become a product of the Inflation was that those credit card interest rates will go sky high. <laughs> and as I'm encouraging you, don't fall into that trap. You're, you're finding yourself coming up short at the end of the month. The, the old expression is, is you run out of money before you run out of month. And instead of finding some creative way to make up the difference, 
you you buy credit. You put it on one of those credit cards, and then it just, it just keeps getting worse and worse, and it just it just piles on the debt. And so I'm just encouraging you don't don't fall for that trap. There are other ways. That's one of the things that I. I learned from from Dave Ramsey. I, I used to listen to him more than I do now. They they moved him to the evenings, and I don't hear him much like I did at one time. But uh, the one thing that stuck with me was that you can always find a way. You can always find a way. And what he's talking about is not borrowed money. Now, my wife and I, we at one time, probably about twenty years ago or so, we found ourselves. Falling into debt. I mean, heavy debt. And it had a lot to do with uh, coming out of an f- inflationary time, raising children. Uh, we did not have any credit cards until 1987. And then we decided that uh, we were going to go to our national convention out in Eugene, Oregon. And we were going to drive out there. And I remember. At the little, uh, we used to call the sing stores here in Tallahassee. They're Circle K's now, but back in those days, they were the sing stores. And I was there at the sing store, and they had this little application thing laying there on the counter. And I thought, well, because we're going to be traveling on the road up, I better go ahead and get a credit card. I'm telling you what, that's one of the worst mistakes I ever made in my life. Because what happened, we got that little credit card, we used it on that trip, and all of a sudden, I started getting credit card offers from everybody. And uh, <laughs> you, you get the impression in your mind, well, this is free money. No, it's not free money. And next thing you know, you find yourself just head over heels in debt. And uh, that's kind of where we are, or where we were. <laughs> and then my wife, she came up with this idea. She said, why don't we... Just take the smallest debt that we have and just start working on it. And then when we get it paid off, we'll take that money and put it toward the next one. Well, everybody knows that's that's Dave Ramsey's plan. But we had it before we ever heard of Dave Ramsey. My wife came up with that plan. Now, if we'd just written a book, <laughs> if we'd just written a book, we might have made a lot of money on that. You ask me why I'm so happy. Well, here's the thing. When we are ready, just put things under, under the blood to trust the Lord. And you might say, well, Pastor King, in, in all of this that you're talking about this morning, are you trying to, to get me to, to vote? Are you, are, you, are you getting political here because you're talking about inflationary times? Well, the truth is, is that these things come and go through all different types of times and administrations. But here's the thing. Yeah, I'm trying to get you to vote for somebody. His name is Jesus. Because if you vote him into your life as your Lord and Savior, then he's going to sustain you because you're going to learn to trust him. And if you trust him, then he's going to lead you through Difficult times, because difficult times is a part of life. And as I uh, have said before, the uh, expression of Wayne Cordero, who is a 
president of the uh, Hope Bible College and Hope Churches uh, all in Hawaii. He said, hard times are good times for the gospel because when people are having hard times, they have more of a tendency to listen to what God has to say and to seek him during their difficult times. And that's a good thing. So uh, put your trust where your trust needs to be, and that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I want you to know. I'm not uh, here to tell you who to vote for because we don't do politics on this show. We just talk about how the Lord will sustain us through life because he's faithful. He's faithful. And uh, I mentioned the thing about the credit cards. And don't, don't allow yourself to fall into that trap. And I'm just, this is me, because this is what we've learned. My wife and I, we don't borrow money. We haven't borrowed money in a long, long, long time. And as I was saying, Mr. Ramsey said, there's always a way. You can find a way. And there have been times, you know, cars break down, all these things. The, the well goes out. The septic tank is uh, need to be uh, redone. All those things. We, we've experienced all of those things. But we always find a way. And we have through all these years now. We found a way to not fall into that trap, to go borrow a bunch of money, help pay all this interest. See, here's the thing. God has told us to be good stewards of what he's given us and to trust him. But there's another trap that people fall into when it comes to difficult times. They'll stop giving to their church. And I'm telling you, that's not the way. That is not the way because what you're doing is exactly what Scripture talks to us about in the book of Malachi. He says you're robbing from God. You're robbing from God who is your partner who wants to help you and strengthen you and to help provide for you if you trust in him. But when you start taking it away, and you don't trust him now. So you're putting your trust in your money or you're putting your trust in yourself. Scripture still declares, given it shall be given unto you. You press down, good measure, shake it together with men given to your bosom. If we learn to trust him, it's a principle. It's a principle, and if we follow the principle, God's going to sustain you. But when you start withholding from God, then you're shutting up the windows of heaven. And uh, that's just a place that I personally don't want to be. I want to be in that channel of blessing that only God is capable of putting me in to trust him in whatever circumstance life throws at me. And yes, yes, life is going to throw circumstances at you because it always does. But Scripture says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's faithful. He always will be faithful, and you can trust him. So uh, don't don't fall into that trap. <laughs> Say, well, I've got to stop giving to my church. I just can't afford it. I'm telling you, you can't afford not to. <laughs> like I say, I've lived for a long time now. 
And I've been through some things. Uh, something else, you may have noticed this. <laughs> to me, it's kind of it's kind of funny. It's kind of sad. But you go to the store and you buy something, and then you hold it in your hand. You go, "Boy, this thing's shrunk." <laughs> something that you're you're used to it being a certain size, and it. It was the same price, maybe even a little higher, but there's less of it. I noticed I bought some uh, cat food uh, today <laughs> and uh, uh, just tossed it in my vehicle. And when I got home, I picked it up and I go, wow. I mean, it used to be you you get this uh, bag of cat food and the bag would be full. About about half full, <laughs> about half full. Same price that I've been paying, but about half as much in that bag. And this is what another thing that happens in these times when money begins to be tight, the demand begins to be tight. They're trying not to raise the prices anymore; they have to, and so they just give you less. Now I do uh, Sunday. Went through the drive-through at uh, well, I'll just tell you the McDonald's restaurant. Get a little breakfast on my way to church. And I said, uh, "Like to have a, a thing of grape jelly." And they said, "We don't have any grape jelly." I said, "Well, give me some strawberry." No, we don't have any strawberry. I said, "Do you have any at all?" They said, no, we don't have any at all. And I said, "Oh boy," because this is what we're what we're dealing with. We're dealing with shortages. And uh, when I went to to buy the hay that I'd mentioned earlier, uh, I was just talking to the to the man about it. There, and he said, "Well, we haven't had any for over three weeks. So we haven't had any hay here. We finally got a shipment in." And I said, "Wow, this is this is getting tough." And he says, "Yeah, tighten your seatbelts because it's fixing to get worse." And I'm not a pastimus by nature, but I am a realist. And I have a feeling that we're going to look back in just a little bit and say, these were the good old days. I'm talking about now. These are the good old days because there's going to be more to this. It's coming. And so we need to think. Don't panic. Think. Begin to prepare yourself for your family. What can I do that's sensible? Not going out and, and increasing a, a lot of debt and, and spending a lot of money I don't have. But Lord, how can I be practical? What can I do that will benefit my family? And of course, one of those things is <laughs> taking the example from the stores, smaller Portions to say this. Say, well, do I really need that? And I'm not saying anything in uh, particular, but whatever it may be, Lord, do I really need that? Can I put that off? Can I wait on that? Or maybe not even get it at all. Just think it through. You know, I was going to go. Not me, but I'm talking about. Somebody said, well, I was going to go buy a brand new car. 
Well, maybe, maybe I don't need a brand new car right now. Maybe I could just get the car fixed. But now, let me tell you this, and uh, I'm in the car business, and uh, talking to a gentleman at the Tallahassee Auto Auction, and he tell me, he says, can you send me some more units? Units is a car. In other words, I can send cars to the auction to sell at the auction, or I can buy cars at the auction. And uh, they said, do you have any cars on your lot that you can send us to sell at the auction because we can't get units? So what they're saying is that the Tallahassee Auto Auction and the other auctions are having difficulty finding cars to sell to the small dealers like myself. Okay. So now, because people are not buying the new cars, or they can't get the new cars, and that's what I'm hearing. People are uh, wanting to buy a new car, and they say, well, we might have one for you in a year. So they're driving their old cars longer, which means there's not used cars to go to the auction, to go to the small dealers, and you see how it all works. But you may want to consider hanging on to... uh, the old car, but longer. But I tell you, who's 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 doing real well right now, and that's the mechanics. <laughs> you take something to a mechanic, and they say, "Well, it may be a while before we get to your car." And I've got cars sitting in the mechanics now. Uh, some of them that have been there for a long time, <laughs> and uh, and I have no clue when they're going to get fixed because I try to get the car repaired so that I can take it down and put it on a lot. But see, all of these things begins to happen when these things happen. I'm talking about these inflationary periods. People begin to panic. And the best thing we can do is to think through the process and to some degree, you just have to accept things. So this is the way it is. How can I make the best of it? And then, the Lord, I'm going to trust you. God, you give me the wisdom because Scripture says if you don't have wisdom, ask. Listen to the Triumphal Quartet. What is done? If I could share my heart, this is where I would start. Tell you what is done for me. That's right. Just talk about what he's done for you. He's been there for you in the past, and he'll be there with you in the future. Because that's what the Word of God tells us, that uh, we can trust Him, we can rely on Him. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So that's what I'm saying to you, that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in these times that you can trust him. Right now, and I just read this on the internet, that um, inflation is at uh, 
percent. Now, that's a pretty uh, substantial increase as we go through day by day. So everything is costing more uh, for me to go to the gas station to to buy a tank of gas uh, much more than it was before. And like I said, it, it drives everything because uh, somebody uh, where I may have been able to have sold a uh, full-size car or pickup truck. Now I can <laughs> you scratch around trying to find small cars because that's what people are wanting. They're wanting fuel-efficient uh, vehicles. I, I've, I've shared this with you before. I mentioned it on the music show. Is that, uh, I've been driving my little Ranger. i got a 1994 Ranger pickup truck with a stick shift in it. And uh, it's a gas saver. I'm telling you, it gets great gas mileage compared to some of the other vehicles that I've got. But that's what I'm choosing to drive more now because I'm just looking for more practical ways to be able to save a few bucks here and there. I mean, I've got Durangos and, and uh, other different vehicles that are they're great to drive, <laughs> but uh, they cost a lot more money to operate. So I choose to drive that little Ranger pickup truck, but it doesn't have a CD player in it, and I can't listen to my uh, gospel music like I like to. And so those are just those are sacrifices that you make in order to be able to to uh, <laughs> I guess you might say survive survive at all. But uh, well, I believe this that the sooner that you adapt to it, the better it will be for you. Because we are very much in a time of supply and demand. Something you want, when you get, you hear, well, so, such such place has got what I want. And then you get there, and one or two things might happen. You'll, you'll go sticker shock. <laughs> well, I wanted it, but I didn't think I wanted it that bad. Or you get there and it's gone. Somebody else, it's already been bought out. They bought it before you ever got there. And so we're in that time of supply and demand. And then going back to the whole thing about the the energy driving so many things is you've got a backlog of just getting stuff off the ships. (laughs) I mean, that's these these are things you said, I've never heard of these things before. This is new. But again, there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, and so you just have to learn to adapt to it and make sure that we we're very frugal. We don't waste things. If you've got something, make sure that you're able to, to use it all. You don't have to throw anything away. And uh, if you don't have to have it, don't buy it. And if you can buy a little less of it, then that's even better. And we'll make it through these things. Because the thing about it is just somewhere along the line, and, and I have lived long enough to have seen this, that as a nation, we will make mistakes. And here, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about in the political realm. We'll elect people that we think, well, that's, that's the reason, or that, that's, that's the right people. We may have, it may be something very emotional. A lot of times when people go to the polls, they, they, they vote emotion instead of practicality but then when things go south we're pretty smart as a country 
we figured out. And then it gets fixed. <laughs> and uh, that's what I'm, uh, I'm believing, that it'll get fixed. Because, again, I've seen this cycle that we've gone through. And sometimes it takes people who have a lot of courage, who are willing to take the stand to make the changes that need to be made. But it happens. And so, again, don't panic. Just be smart. (laughs) Just be smart about choices that you make, decisions you make, things you do, how you handle your money, and don't go into debt for things that you don't need and trust the Lord that he will provide. And it's amazing. It's amazing just how true that is when we just learn how to trust him. Takes good care of me. Quartet. Takes real good care of me. Every day, his goodness I can see. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. God takes good care of me. Uh, one of the songs that we played tonight, and I apologize to those of you who are listening on the podcast because you don't get to hear the music. But he's talking about, uh, I believe it was Bradley Walker's song, Count Your Blessings. And he said, well, uh, it's not the greatest house in the world, but uh, it's a house. And I tell my wife that all the time. We bought a new house that uh, we just had to re- just renovate the whole thing. I mean, it, we we wanted to live in a country and wanted to have some critters. And uh, actually, it was me that wanted to live in the country and have some critters. <laughs> and uh, uh, the only way we could afford it was to buy an old fixer-upper. that we've been fixing her upper <laughs> for about 16 years now. And literally, the house had had a tree go through it. And they'd taken some of the tree out when we bought it. It patched up the roof a little bit. I had to clean the rest of that tree out of that house and uh, take all the old wet carpet because it got wet in there and, and all that stuff. But I tell my wife, I said, it's uh, it's dry now <laughs> because we fixed the roof. And we have a, we lay down, we go to sleep at night. We got air conditioning and uh, it's comfortable. It's not a mansion, but it's comfortable. And the thing is, I I give God thanks and Praise and glory for providing this place for us that we've been able to enjoy these almost 16 years now and to be on our own little place. The thing is, is that we, we could go and, and uh, borrow money and live where we wanted to live, probably, but uh, we don't choose to do that. That's a choice. And especially now, and what we're facing now as a, as a nation, I'm very thankful that I have not put that burden on our back and just tried to make wise choices in difficult times. And that's my encouragement to you. Don't take your eyes off the Lord. Trust Him because the Word of God says He's faithful 
and he will be faithful to you and he will help you through these times. But it's very important that we take care of our families, make wise decisions, and trust the Lord. Father God, I pray, the Lord God, that you just walk through us, or walk through this with us, or we walk through this with you. And Lord, that we trust you. We know that you're faithful. I pray for this radio audience, Father God, that you'd bless them, protect them, keep them, meet their every needs, Father, and give us wisdom that only would come from above. Lord God, I pray for our churches. I pray for our pastors, Lord God. Give us wisdom as we help our congregations to navigate these difficult times. Father God, I pray for our country. And I pray, God, that you'd raise up strong leaders who would make wise decisions. And Father God, I pray for peace around the world. I pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.